Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk to share with you. I have to apologize for my croaky voice today. I'm getting over a bad cold, but hopefully this will be it for the year, and maybe I'll be healthy the rest of the winter. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That was from Revelation chapter 7. Here we see a great multitude, a crowd of people, a numberless multitude from every nation, every language, and they're standing before the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ in glory. They're clothed in white and are waving palm branches, crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I wouldn't mind being there with them right now, looking upon the face of Jesus and crying out praises to him. It's an attractive scene, especially when you compare it with what's been going on around here lately. The thing about being in heaven is that nobody and nothing can touch you. You won't suddenly wake up and find it's all a dream. It will be the realest thing that ever happened to you. Now, after we are introduced to this glorious sight, a little conversation goes on between John and one of the elders there in heaven. The elder says to him, do you know who these people are? And John says, well, I know that you do. And the elder says, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They have come out of great tribulation. Now, I'm not going into the whole issue of what is the great tribulation. Is it Daniel's 70th week and so forth and so on? I imagine some today will be disappointed by that, but that's not my subject. Let's change the English word for a minute to trouble, which is a word we use more often than tribulation. When you get home from the DMV, your wife doesn't ask you if they gave you any tribulation. These people in heaven wearing white robes came through a lot of trouble before arriving there. Paul said to Timothy, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. You have to suffer before you can reign. Nowadays, we want the glory without the tribulation. We want things to come easy. I read an article this week talking about societal trends, especially among young adults. A lot of them are very unhappy, it seems, although there are many factors that should make them happier, like less drug use, less drinking, and fewer unplanned pregnancies. 
Those stats sound good. So why aren't the young folks happy? One theory gaining traction is that their parents have done everything they could to remove obstacles from the lives of their kids so they won't have to face any of life's difficulties in their climb to the top. You can't be mentally healthy unless you learn how to deal with problems, difficulties, obstacles. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus didn't say, I'm so sorry you're going to have a hard time. Jesus had a pretty hard time, and if we follow him, we will too. But in Christ, we can overcome as he did. You won't need mama to do it for you. What's the source of all these troubles we face? Why do they happen? They happen because, as Jesus said in the Gospel of John, Satan is the ruler of this world. Adam and Eve ruled the world in the beginning, but they lost their dominion to the devil through his lies. So the problem is that the world is under bad management. That's why there are wars and hatred and famine and disease and poverty and all the other evils that are a part of life on this planet. Satan is a tyrant. When you see human authorities doing things that bring their subjects under bondage, you know that there is another power behind them, one that they themselves don't recognize. Satan works night and day to increase sin and transgression among the people because sin brings bondage. Jesus said that whoever sins is the slave of sin, but if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. God is the God of freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But back to Revelation 7. These whose robes were washed white in the blood of the Lamb are finished with the troubles of this world. One of the overarching themes of Revelation is the defeat of Satan. At the end, he is thrown into the lake of fire. No more troubles. So what do we do right now? We're still in the soup. We focus on the victory that is in Jesus. Theologians talk about the already not yet eschatology. Eschatology, of course, being the doctrine of the last things. In other words, what happens at the end of the world? Already not yet means that the victory has already been won, but we still struggle with evil. The kingdom of God has come, but Satan's kingdom is still in full sway. It's hard to believe the victory has been won when you see what sure looks like defeat all around you. Let's bring it right down to the personal. We believe that we are new creations in Christ. We believe that we have died to sin in his death on the cross, but we still sin. What's the answer? Well, I can tell you that Satan's answer is to just give up, to quit trying to believe that victory over sin is ours. To counter this, consider 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is believing that we have the victory in Christ, even when it doesn't seem so. Faith is believing what we see with the eyes of faith. 
not our physical eyes. Faith is believing what God says to us, not what our own heart says to us, and certainly not what the devil says to us. I may sin, but I can still say to God and to myself, I am a new creation in Christ. We say that not because of our perfect record, but because it is the word of God. And Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's not going to change his mind about this victory thing. By faith in him, one day you and I will stand before the Lamb in those white robes, having been washed in the blood of the Lamb. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's not going to reach a point where he says, I've had enough of you. Can't you do anything right? Not happening. God has already done what needs to be done. He is committed to seeing this thing through. Focus on the victory in Christ. Quit looking at yourself. Believe that one day you will stand before him in holiness, clothed in white. Father, thank you for that assurance that we are destined for heaven. We are destined for that place where all sin will be banished, temptation will be no more, and we will stand before Jesus Christ uh, enraptured with his beauty and his wonder and power, and we will worship him forever. Thank you for that hope. I pray that my listeners today will know that uh, their victory is not based on their ability to keep a, live a perfect life, but it's based upon what Jesus Christ has done in his precious blood. I pray in his name. Amen. Well, my dear friend, pray for us. You can pray for me that I'll get over this cold. I actually had to miss church on Sunday, which is unusual, which I hate to do, but I just couldn't hardly make a sound. And uh, so uh, keep us in your prayers the Bread of Life Anglican Church. Uh, we meet at uh, uh, 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York in the American Legion Hall there at 10 o'clock every Sunday. If you're in the area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to see you. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.